And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the New Testament book of Ephesians. The New Testament book of Ephesians and chapter number 4. The book of Ephesians and chapter number 4. We're in a little mini-series that we just kind of put together on the vision of God and that I believe that as we start the new year and as we start this brand new relationship of pastor and church that we have to start at the beginning and that's it all begins with God. And that when we have God in His rightful place, everything else falls into place. And that we're taking just different sermons and different things and we're putting the emphasis on looking at God. And, and, and as we look at God, we get a clear picture of ourselves and who we truly are. And we're just going to be in this just for another week and we'll be done. But tonight's message is an important one because it's a message that deals with bitterness. And bitterness is something that every single one of us will struggle with from one time to another. D.L. Moody, who was a, a big revivalist in the late 1800s, said the number one thing that stopped revival was bitterness. He often would start his meetings before he would... Um, even preach, he would have an invitation before the service and try to encourage people to get as right with God as possible so that way the Word of God would be more effective. He said there's just so many people with bitterness and unforgiveness. And I'm going to explain from the Word of God a little bit more about bitterness and unforgiveness and then its spiritual progression and what it does to people. And if you wouldn't mind, take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians in chapter number 4. And let's pick it up in verse number 29. The book of Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 29. Notice if you wouldn't mind what the word of God says. It says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor, and evil speaking, be put away with you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark two different words that we find in this passage here in verse 31? The word bitterness. The word bitterness. And then in verse number 32, notice that word forgiven, forgiven. And I want to tie these two together and preach a message on bitterness and unforgiveness. Bitterness and unforgiveness. Let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you once again for you being a wonderful God. And Lord, I thank you for the direction and your guidance and you placing things together and I thank you for the great spirit we've had in the church for these last several weeks and the visitors and the encouragements that we've had and the answers to prayer we have already seen. And Lord, I'm asking that you would do a spiritual work tonight. That I don't know the hearts of men and women. I, I, I get to know these folks, but I don't know what goes on. I don't know the traumas and the things that they've had in the past. But I do know that our human nature is to hold on to things and not to forgive and to let a root of bitterness grow. And I'm just praying that you would do a spiritual surgery tonight, that you would expose anything, and that you would pluck it out, and just help us to be aware of how it works and how it grows. Lord, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. 
If I was to bring to you, and I almost brought, oftentimes when I do this message, I actually bring a cup of poison with me. I usually have a nice vial, just pretty big. I was in the medical career field. I usually make sure I'm gloved up. And I bring it, and I'll show people poison. And if I was to bring this tub of poison to you, and I was to show it to you, most of you wouldn't even want to touch it. But if I was to say, why don't you drink some of that? Nobody in their right mind would willfully drink poison. I mean, there's something about self-preservation that we don't willingly put the poison knowing that it's poison and put it into us. But there is a poison that can destroy people of bitterness. A bitterness is a slow-working poison. And there comes a progression. Now, what is bitterness? Let's define our terms. Bitterness simply comes by not forgiving someone. Bitterness comes by simply not forgiving someone. That means we don't actively forgive someone. Sometimes we push it under the rug. Sometimes we put it aside. But we don't actively forgive someone. It's almost like a science class again of taking a little seed and putting it in the dirt and just kind of putting your finger and just kind of putting it in the dirt and it's out of sight and out of mind. And you might not see that seed for a while, but underneath the earth, what is happening, that seed begins to germinate and begins to get roots under the ground, even before anything springs up, until finally it springs up. And if you were to pull that plant out, a big clump would come with it because there's roots and all. It's something that begins to grow. Well, when you don't actively forgive someone or purposely forgive someone, that seed can be pushed down in you spiritually and it can begin to germinate and begin to grow. And as it begins to grow, that unforgiveness will turn into bitterness and then it will start down a chain of spiritual progression, some might say spiritual degression, but it begins to grow spiritually. So it starts off with unforgiveness, not intentionally forgiving someone, just setting it aside, just putting it over, but not actively taking care of. Now, if that unforgiveness is not taken care of, notice this spiritual list that the Bible gives us in verse 31. Let all bitterness, notice this first one, bitterness. Bitterness is a slow working poison that will actually destroy its own container. It's a slow working poison that will actually eat the container from the inside out. Just slowly erode, corrode that container. Start pulling it apart. Start eating, start dissolving at it. That that. If you were to taste something that's bitter, it's a bad taste. You just put that bitterness. That's what bitterness is. If you were to somehow put a a word picture or an illustration to it, bitterness is like a bad taste in your mouth. Maybe you think of someone who did you wrong. And you think of them, and every time you think of them, it just puts just a bad taste in your mouth. Just the thought of them, just kind of, you just kind of make a fake, you know. There's a reaction to it, just that's what bitterness does. It's just thinking that person. It just puts a little bit of emotional response. Just maybe a shudder and then you set it aside. But that's what bitterness it does. But what it's doing is it's not hurting that person whatsoever. But it's destroying you in the inside. Slowly but surely eating away. Now it starts with unforgiveness. 
And if you don't actively forgive, that thing could turn to bitterness, a poison, a a bad taste. Now, if that bitterness is not taken care of, notice the next spiritual progression in verse 31. Let all bitterness and wrath. The idea of wrath has the idea of heated inside. If you want to do a word picture or something in your mind, think of a mattress that has a fire in the inside of it. You don't see any flames coming out, but when you touch it, it feels warm. So let's imagine that a person or something did you wrong and you didn't actively forgive them and it's moved past the part where you have a bad taste in your mouth hearing that person's name. But now when you hear that that person's name or that situation is brought up, there's a warm inside of you. There's a heat. It's not showing in the outside, but in the inside, you could feel your temperature rise just a little bit. You could feel something inside. Well, that's a result of bitterness. That bitterness that has begun to germinate and begin to grow, it is poisoning your system. And now every time you hear that situation, every time you think about that person, every time a person's name is brought up, you could feel that heat rise inside of you. You're able to keep it contained, but you're able to kind of just keep it inside. Again, this is a result of unforgiveness. That unforgiveness will turn into bitterness. That bitterness, if it's not taken care of, will turn to wrath. Now notice the next progression in here, verse 31. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger, anger. This word anger carries the idea of the flames coming out, that it's now visibly seen. Let's take that mattress. Before the fire was inside, you didn't see the flames, but you felt it and it was hot. Now the flames are coming up. You could see it. Now this carries out physically. When you hear about that situation or that person's name is mentioned that you're, you have a hard time with, your face changes. Your, that flame, that heatedness shows on your face. You could be smiling like a, a newspaper person, you know, or a news channel person, you know, smiling at the camera no matter what happens. But as soon as you hear that name, your face changes. Your demeanor changes changes the way you carry yourself changes and that's a result of bitterness that's a result of not actively forgiving it and not taking care of it so it starts with unforgiveness it starts with you not actively forgiving someone that it moves to um, from unforgiveness to bitterness that bitterness will turn to wrath where you have that heat in the inside, but it doesn't show. Then it turns to anger, and now it shows on your face. If it's not taken care of, notice what the Bible says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor... You know what clamor has the idea? Clamor has the idea of... It has the idea of making a loud noise. It has the idea that you're not saying... Forgive me, songbook, I'm sorry. It has the idea... Uh, of, of, you're not telling everyone you're angry, but you're sure letting them know about it. So when you slam the dishes in there, when you slam the door, you make a big, loud noise. You're telling everyone you're angry, but not telling them with your lips, but the way you carry things. That's clamor. It's a loud noise. It's something to get people's attention, to let you know, let everyone know you're not happy. That's an idea of bitterness. 
It, that's what it turns into. It will slowly poison and eat you from the inside out. It destroys its own container. And it starts by not actively forgiving someone. And if it's not taken care of, it could turn to bitterness. That bitterness can turn to wrath. That wrath can turn to anger. That anger can turn to clamor. And if it's still not taken care of, notice what it can happen then. Verse 31, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking. This idea of evil speaking, the word evil carries the idea of intention to do harm. And so whenever you hear that person's name, you cannot say anything good about that person. You may even tell people bad things about that person on purpose to try to hurt them. Well, you know what so-and-so does. You know what they... And you use your words to harm them and to harm their reputation and to harm other people's view of them. And you can't bring yourself to say something nice about that person. It's just such poison that has come in. And that has come from that root of bitterness. It's that poison. And now it's starting to poison everything else. And you have to be careful. And it all starts with just not forgiving someone. Unforgiveness will turn to bitterness. Bitterness will turn to wrath or anger. Anger will turn to or wrath to anger. Anger to clamor, clamor to evil speaking with the idea of doing harm to hurting people with your lips, with your tongue. I know in some couples, you could go to zero to 30 and no problem whatsoever in one argument, one sitting and whatever. But we have to be careful. We have to be careful. Sometimes this can progress quickly. Sometimes it's slow over time. But it will poison that container. And by the way, the person you're bitter with, it has no effect on them whatsoever. Doesn't bother them one bit. You are the one that's suffering because of the bitterness, that poison that is destroying you on the inside. You know, when we preach at retirement homes, it's, it's amazing to see people. They either, the older you get, you either get more sweet or you get more sour. And it all deals with that idea of bitterness. There are some people that hold a grudge over something for years and years and years. And it poisons them until they are just a grumpy person who almost has that rain cloud. That wherever they go, they just go into the room and there's just such a presence that automatically no one laughs anymore. It's kind of like one of those old westerns when someone walks in there and the whole place goes quiet. Have you ever met a person like that? It just seems like they have just that rain cloud presence just on them. That all comes from that unforgiveness, that bitterness that is built up and is eaten away at that person for a while. Now, there's one more spiritual progression or degression. It starts with unforgiveness, not actively forgiven. Then it turns to bitterness, a slow working poison, that bad taste in your mouth. Then it turns to wrath. This is where it comes, where it has that anger. It's not showing, but it's in the inside. To anger, where it comes in, everyone can see it. It's on your face, you're angry. 
that it turns to clamor. When you're making noise and you're letting everyone know you're not happy without saying anything, then it comes the idea of evil speaking where you can't say something nice about the person. You want to hurt them with your words. And then it goes into the idea of malice. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away with you with all malice. Malice has the idea of the the desire to do physical harm. The idea of doing physical harm. Now it may start off in the mind. Have you ever desired that someone get hit by a car? Tornado come for them? That they get sick? Now show them. Well, you know, if you think about those things long enough, you will act upon those things physically. Maybe a husband getting so aggravated won't forgive his wife and it's getting worse and worse and he dreams about just smacking her. Now, it's not condoned. If he keeps thinking about it, he will act on it. That's that bitterness that works away and it's poisoning and it's eating away inside of him. Sometimes people with a temper problem, it's bitterness. Some child who, who's got violent tendencies, sometimes there's a bitterness inside of them that's eating away at them. You say a child, children today are exposed to so much nonsense. I think I mentioned to you before, we had an eight-year-old who was selling alcohol out of his locker and had already tried to commit suicide three times. It was a heartbreaking thing. He's called to preach now. He's saved and everything else. But, you know, kids are exposed with all the things going on. They can get bitterness. They can get things. And there's nothing more heartbreaking in my mind than a child who's already developed so much bitterness. And it's eating away inside of a child, robbing their happy years of their life. That's the years they're supposed to be happy. But bitterness can chew away at them. And if it's not taken care of, it could turn to malice, the idea and desire to do physical harm, whether it's in the mind or whether it's actually acted out. Now, this is pretty awful stuff. And it just starts by something simple, by not actively forgiving. So we talked about the spiritual progression of bitterness. Let's talk about now... How do we solve this? Notice this in verse 32. Be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted. Notice this. Forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. Notice this. God, because of Christ, has forgiven us. Now, let's show this. How has God forgiven us? Because we need to forgive this same way. Uh, if you're writing things down, this is a good thing where we've uh, alliterated it just to make it more memorable. But first of all, God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven us fully. He's forgiven us fully. That means He forgave it for all of it. Do you know, have you ever heard someone say, I forgive you for this, but I'll never forgive you for this? Then they truly haven't forgiven when God, for Christ's sake, forgave us, He forgave us for all of it. that Not in part, but the whole, as the song says. Isn't that a wonderful thing? That God is willing to forgive us for all of it? Every single part, every time we messed up, as many times as we messed up, God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven us for all of it. 
Now, if we are going to forgive as God has forgiven for Christ's sake, we have to forgive others for all of it. Now, when I say these things, I used to think when I taught this thing on on bitterness and forgiveness, that it was almost a gee whiz common sense thing. But since then, I've dealt with a lot of people and some of them with some bitterness deep inside. They don't believe this. I know some people who actually do not believe that you that it is not forgiveness if you for, forgive them for this, but you never forgive them for this. Do you understand what I'm saying? They, they actually believe that you could forgive people for parts and be all right with not forgiving people in parts. But God, this is why the Bible says, forgive one another as God for Christ's sake had forgiven us. God forgave us for all of it. Doesn't matter how horrible it was, we need to forgive people for all of it. Need to forgive them fully. How else has God, for Christ's sake, forgiven us? Not only was it fully, but God also, for Christ's sake, has forgiven us, frankly. It works with the alliteration. That has the idea of honestly. Have you ever said, I forgive you, but you didn't mean it? That's not forgiveness. When God said, I forgave you, he meant it. Aren't you glad for that? That when we get up to heaven, God says, you know, when I said I forgave you, I didn't really mean it. That'd be horrible. When God said, I forgave you, he meant it. He was honest about it. We don't have to wonder, did he really mean it? And if we forgive others, we have to forgive them frankly. We have to be honest about it. Not just to say words, just to make them feel better and pat them on the head. But if we forgive them, we have to be honest about it. We have to be frank about it. We have to mean it. How else has God, for Christ's sake, forgiven us? Not only did He forgive us fully, not only did He give us frankly, He forgave us freely. No strings attached. Have you ever heard someone said, I'll forgive you if you do this for me. Forgiveness doesn't come at a price. It should be offered freely. It doesn't matter if they do anything nice for you. You forgive them anyways. Because that's how God, for Christ's sake, forgiven us. We can never repay the debt that God covered when he forgave us there's no way we could recompense him but god forgave us freely all we had to do was come up to him we didn't have to pay him a million dollars we didn't have to climb up some steps on our knees we didn't have to go slay a dragon we could just come up to him freely for whosoever shall call upon the name of the lord shall be saved now if we're going to forgive others we have to forgive them freely and by the way, you don't have to wait for them to come up and say, will you forgive me or, or, can, uh, or uh, anything like that. We need to forgive them whether they come up to us or not. We have to be willing just to freely offer our forgiveness. The disciples asked one time Jesus, Jesus, how many times should we forgive? Seven times? And Jesus said, 70 times seven. If, se- or excuse me, 70 times 70. If you to multiply that out, uh, 490 times. By the time you got to the 400, and did I do it wrong? Good. Good. It's a lot, isn't it? Yep. By the time you got uh, stepped it up one more, what would happen is you would be in such a habit of forgiving them that it wouldn't bother you anymore. You wouldn't keep track. You know, um, we're supposed to continue to forgive and continue to forgive and continue to forgive. 
That idea of the 70 times 7, that's what it was, 70 times 7, 490 times, that that's how many times they did the same offense in one day. Let's say that I went up and shoved Mr. Stanley and he says, I forgive you. And then I did it number two and he forgave me. Number three, forgave me. By the time we got to 491, you'd be so used to forgiving me for that same offense. By the way, how many times have we failed God for the same thing on the same day over and over and over? You know, God's forgiven us even though we mess up on the same thing over and over and over. We want to just continue to forgive and continue to forgive and give it freely. Now the hard one. We, God, for God, Christ's sake, has forgiven us fully. He forgave us freely. He forgave us frankly. And the last one, he forgot it. He forgot it. Do you know if you went up to God and said, God, you remember what I did yesterday? He said, you did what? He forgot it. He's got a divine forgetter. Now, I understand God is omnipotent and other stuff, but, you know, that's what the Bible says, that He takes our sins and casts it into the depths of the sea. If you were to take a submarine and go to the very bottom of the sea and go, woohoo, there's my sin. He buried it in the deep of the sin. He cast it as far as the east is from the west. They never touch. He cast it far from Him. You know, isn't it a wonderful thing that God doesn't bring our sin back up? He doesn't throw it back in our face. He doesn't say, ah, oh, oh, you remember what you did last week? He doesn't re-throw it back up. He has forgotten it. Now you say, well, preacher, that's the problem. I don't have a divine forgetter. You know, we don't have it. But there's a principle that if you forgive someone, you can never bring it back up. You can never bring it back up. That takes discipline. That is on purpose. You know, any husband and wife understands that fight. You want to bring up that stuff. You want to win that argument. You can't do it. You can't. If you forgave them for it, you can never bring it back up. By the way, that means in your own mind. That as soon as you start thinking about that offense, you say, nope, I forgave it. And you try to put it aside. I know that's hard because we're not God. We got this sinful, nasty flesh, but we have to apply that principle. If we're going to get over forgiveness, uh, bitterness, if we're going to forgive someone, every time that thing comes back up, we put it back down and say, nope, I've forgiven it. I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to dwell on it. We have to put it aside. Now, like I said, there's so many, every single one of us is subject to bitterness. Every single one of us because of some unforgiveness. Uh, something in there. Maybe someone cuts you off when you're driving and you just haven't let it go and it's been 20 years and you still remember that guy who cut you off and how I just hope he's roasting now. That's bitterness. And that will poison you. Now I know that's facetious but I don't want to start calling upon the stuff that we live with every day. You know... I can't believe my husband after all these years still does this. My kids, they're 30 years old. You think that they would get this, you know. My best friend, they know he's not my best friend anymore. That co-worker, I can't stand, you know. We've got to forgive them. We have to forgive them. If not for their sake, for our own sake. Because bitterness is a slow-working poison that will eat its own container. And it will destroy us. 
And we need to be the example of God and Christ. As God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven us. Again, I remind you of what D.L. Moody said. The number one thing that holds back revival is bitterness. So many people have unforgiveness. So many people have baggage they carry with them. And it destroys them and it eats them away. And it makes them so they're not happy Christians, but bitter and soured. And their face changes as they're old. And they just look like they're angry all the time. And it's that thing eating inside of them. Christians are not exempt from bitterness. But we have an answer. We have forgiveness. And God has forgiven us for much. We need to turn around and forgive others for much. So what do we do with this? When I mention bitterness, when I mention that wrath, when I mention that emotion that changes you in the inside, what is it that sets that emotion, that heat off in you? What is it that if I was to say that person's name, your face will change? What is that situation that if I was to bring up to you, you would immediately think back in your mind and you just, oh, then I encourage you tonight to take that situation and you give it to the Lord. I wish it was as easy as setting it at the Lord's feet and then it disappears. But you're going to have to purposely forgive that person and then every time it comes up, say it's forgiven, set it aside. Nope, set it aside. Nope, set it aside. It's something you're going to have to purposefully and actively do. And once you get in the habit of forgiving, of setting it aside, of putting it away, you'll start developing that habit and it'll be easier and easier to set it aside as you get that habit. The other result is just to let that bitterness eat away inside of you and destroy you from the inside out. Maybe you're not at the full stages of the wrath and whatever else. Maybe it's just a bad taste in your mouth. Maybe something has recently happened. Maybe it's just something you've been carrying around. Maybe, heaven forbid, pastor has said something wrong to you. Let me know and I'll be glad to apologize or try to get it fixed. But don't let Satan put wedges between you and the pastor. Don't let Satan put wedges between you and your family members. Don't let Satan put wedges in between you and church people. Don't let Satan put wedges between kids and friends and everything else. That's what Satan loves to do. Maybe there's something that you just have that is just you can't let it go. Come to the Lord. Come to an old-fashioned altar. Say, Lord, you take this. Lord, help me to forgive this person. You know, I also found, this is for free, that if you want to help overcome bitterness, be a blessing to that person you're bitter to. And what's more, do it anonymously. You say, but I don't get the credit for it. Yeah, well, that'll be better for you too. Be a blessing for it. You're not trying to get something from that person. Be a blessing. Now, I'll be scared if I get a whole bunch of gifts tomorrow and stuff, but I honestly give you that advice that if you have someone that you're really struggling with, give them an anonymous gift. It will do wonders for you. It it is impossible to try to be a blessing to others and carry bad feelings to them at the same time. That's a good way to start working on this. But once again, the first step is you to confess it to the Lord and say, Lord, help me. Because again, this is something you can't do in your own flesh. It's not something you're going to work up. 
You need the Lord's help every step of the way. But he's willing. He forgave you and he's willing to help you forgive others before that bitterness eats you away and poisons you from the inside out. 